Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sully. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California. Overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Well, our week of Christmas time podcast begins. And as I was talking about the other day about how we're not sure which player is going to wake up in this new year knowing that this is the year that they'll be remembered forever, I, I, I can't stop but think about the two cities that have the longest World Series droughts of any two cities. We've taken care of Chicago and Boston. We've taken care of Houston. We've taken care of a bunch of teams that have had long droughts and fans wondering if it will ever happen. For the Giants, it went from, is it ever going to happen, to will it ever stop happening? Same thing with the Red Sox. We're seeing franchises like in Kansas City and in Houston checking it off and saying, hey, fans, here's the moment for your generation to cling to forever. Now, there are two cities, as I'm going to be working out the brand new uh, suffering index, and I'll reveal that on January 1st. But there are two cities, and I'm very careful to phrase it like this, that are suffering and waiting for a championship longer than any other two cities of any Major League Baseball franchise. They are Cleveland and they are Washington. Cleveland, of course, came to within one swing of winning the World Series, had Carlos Santana Francisco Lindor or Jason Kipnis homered in the bottom of the ninth of Game 7 of the 2016 World Series, well, we'd still be talking about the Cubs, wouldn't we? Or who knows, maybe the Cubs would have just gone on a rampage in 2017. You don't know. You don't know how history unfolds post-championship if one thing happened instead of another. But with that being said, Cleveland... The Cleveland Indians have, of all the franchises, the longest drought. It's been since 1948, since they've won the World Series. Now, for Washington, I have to say it's the city. Now, I've made this point several times. The Washington Nationals are the third franchise since the beginning of the World Series to play in our nation's capital. The original Washington Senators played from 1901 to 1960. And in probably the most confusing piece of expansion nonsense that's ever happened, that team moved to Minnesota, and a new team took its place. So there was continually a franchise called the Washington Senators that played from 1901 until 1971. But at one point, there was a change in franchise. The new expansion Senators came in 1961, and they stayed there until 1971 when they moved to become the Texas Rangers. The new franchise called the Washington Nationals, and to be fair, the original Senators were some years called the Nationals, arrived by way of the Montreal Expos. Now, I'm going to have a real difficult time calculating the suffering index for this franchise because you have to deal with the Washington Nationals, you have to deal with the Expos and Nationals franchise, which has existed since 1969, and you have to deal with the entire history of Washington baseball, which is filled with so much torment and so much strife that you have to take into account that both the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Nationals 
play in cities where there has been fictitious titles, but not real titles. Cleveland saw the team in Major League go on to glory, although they never went on to win the World Series. Isn't that strange? And the city of Washington has had, uh, and that was in the Major League films, the city of Washington has had damn Yankees, which required a deal with the devil for the Washington Senators to win the American League pennant. And keep in mind, the city of Washington hasn't had a pennant since the release of the play Damn Yankees. The last time the city of Washington saw a World Series was 1933. The last time the city of Washington had a world champion was 1924 when the Senators beat the New York Giants for not only the only championship the city of Washington's ever had, but the only postseason series the city of Washington has ever won. They've never won a division series, never won a league championship series, nothing, not tiddly two. The only other times they've seen the postseason, the World Series at least, 1925, they won the pennant, there was no championship series then, 1933 as well. And then all the years with the Washington Nationals, where we see that year in and year out, they find new ways to confound and frustrate their fans as they can't get over that first round. One strike away from winning in uh, uh, 2012, losing one-run games at one-run game fives at home in 20. Was it in 2016 and 2017, the last two years? And 2014, the only time they didn't go the limit, but that's kind of a moot point because they lost an 18-inning game. And they were so far heads and shoulders above the Giants that year. And just think, if they held on to the lead in Game 2, they won a beating Madison Bumgarner in Game 3. It would have been a moot point. That Nationals team would have won the World Series. And since then... They've had two of the most heartbreaking, well, they've had, they've had, every season they've had a heartbreaking postseason with the loss to the Dodgers, the loss to the Cubs last year. And I picked the Cleveland-Washington World Series at the beginning of this postseason, and both of them lost game five at home, and both of them saw their pitcher, who would wind up winning the Cy Young Award, getting trounced at home in a decisive game. Corey Kluber got clobbered, say that five times fast, in game five against the New York Yankees, and Max Scherzer came out of the bullpen and pitched miserably. If he was merely adequate with the comeback that the Nationals had, they would have gone on. If Kluber had won, they would have gone on, and I'm convinced they would have met in the World Series. But they didn't, and it was Houston's turn to exercise demons and give their fans something to cheer for. And it's hard to get mad at the Astros. You can't sit back and say, man, the Astros always are winning it. But as I work out the, I'm going to work out the, the was it the suffering index for Washington? I have to work it out in all those different ways. It would be a lot easier if the Nationals just won a couple of World Series. Then I can not have to phrase everything so carefully. You won't have to worry about all the different franchises and whether we're talking about the Expos or the first Senators or the second Senators. We just talk about the Nationals. If they had won a couple of these World Series, they would have all been tossed in the garbage. We'd just be looking forward. So there's a real, real sense of urgency with these two franchises, especially when you consider that the Yankees, and to a lesser degree the Red Sox, are starting to 
bulk themselves up to being the behemoths again that they were in the mid-2000s. Now, the Red Sox can win the division, the Yankees can get the league championship series. I don't think they're at the point yet where they were dominating the sport like they were uh, a decade and a half ago. But boy, they're going to try. And as a Red Sox fan, I'm fine with it, but I wouldn't mind seeing some of these other teams take themselves off the schneid. Now, there's a tremendous amount of pressure for those two franchises, for the Nationals and for the Indians, because their time to win is right now. Their window of opportunity is right now. If the Indians don't win the World Series, you're going to look at 2016 and 2017 as two monumental chances that got away. When you consider that they were, they were up three games to one in the World Series and one swing away from winning it in 2016, and also going on the amazing winning streak, was it 21, 22 games? However long it was, it was 20-something. And looking like they were going into the World Series, into the postseason as the team to beat and winning that dramatic game two against the Yankees. And the Yankees looked like they are spinning. All they had to do was win one more game and off they would have gone to the League Championship Series. If, they, if this team doesn't win and they start to dismantle, that's going to be looked upon as a huge, huge missed opportunity. Right on par with the Indians teams that dominated the late 1990s and got to within one out winning against the Marlins. For any of you who are about to correct me, that there were two outs away, they tied the game on a sacrifice fly. If Manny Ramirez threw a laser beam home, eh, they could have won. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. They lost two teams. There have been two instances since the wildcard era of Game 7 of the World Series going into extra innings, and both of them have been lost by the Indians. And this would be another lost opportunity for the Indians. As for the Nationals, at least the Indians got a pennant out of it. At least the Indians got a couple of moments to celebrate We're still waiting for the Nationals to win their first, the the city of Washington to have their first postseason series victory since the 1924 World Series. That you would say the, the, the Nationals have been blessed with superstars like Daniel Murphy, like Bryce Harper, like Max Scherzer, like Steven Strasburg, that they have taken Washington baseball and placed it on their shoulders and said, we're creating this great new run. And Rizzo, who was took tremendous heat, including from your pal Sully, not playing Steven Strasburg down the stretch in 2012, would have looked to be prescient. Because the idea was, we're not just going for 2012, we're going for multiple titles. And the minute the Nationals win, he'll look correct for doing that. But until they win, that still hangs over the franchise. And if you could go back and say, man, they were one pitch away from beating the Cardinals. They blew the 18-inning game to the Giants. They left all those runners on base against Los Angeles. They, They couldn't. You know, the, Jose Lobaton gets picked off at first base during a potential game-tying rally. All these moments are just would weigh, weigh, weigh upon the Nationals and a blown opportunity for greatness. Their window of opportunity is now. They can't afford, neither one of those two franchises can afford to move on without a title. 
which leads to a very strange aspect for both of them. Notice I'm bringing these two up. I'm not bringing the Dodgers up, who very well could be in this conversation as well. With all those division titles the Dodgers have won, the, you know, they've got to the World Series once, and they haven't won it yet. But I'm keeping the Dodgers aside for a very specific reason. Well, let me explain why. The Dodgers, I think, are going to win their sixth NL West title, but it's not a given. The Giants just got better by acquiring Evan Longoria. Madison Bumgarner's still there. If Cueto's healthy and Samarz does healthy and they start, you know, they fill a couple of holes in the outfield, all of a sudden last year's bad season could look like a fluke. And Arizona was a very good team, 90-something win team, and Colorado was a playoff team. It's going to be winning the NL West is not going to be a cakewalk for the Dodgers. I think they're the best team, but an injury here or there or a big run from one of those other teams, the idea of the Dodgers not winning the division is not outlandish. I will go on a record here looking at my Christmas tree and say the idea of the Nationals or the Indians not winning their division is outlandish. It would have to be an absolute catastrophe for the, for the... Let's just take the Nationals right now. Nationals still are going to have Strasburg. They're still going to have Gio Gonzalez. They're still going to have Max Scherzer. They're going to have a bullpen that was one of their strengths down the stretch last year all season long. They're still going to have Harper. They're still going to have Daniel Murphy. They're still going to have a, you know, a, a solid, solid team. They just acquired Matt Adams, who is an ideal platoon first baseman. They are, you know, do I think they're going to be a 100-win team? No, I don't. I think they're easily going to be a 90-win team. And who else is in their division? The Marlins are going to be a triple-A team. The Mets, we don't know what they are, but they're certainly not a 90-win team. The Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves are two teams that are rebuilding well, they have some talent on the team, and I actually think the Braves have a shot at the wild card. I think they have a shot at putting together a solid team, and I think by swiping Carlos Santana from the Indians and bringing in a couple of the players, I think the Phillies are going to be better. But do I think either one of those teams is going to be 90 win better? No, I don't. I think they'll be wild card contender, like the Colorado Rockies were last year, but I don't see them winning the division. I would be absolutely flabbergasted if the Nationals don't win the NL East. They're going into the season as such prohibitive favorites that I think the idea of them not winning it handily is kind of crazy. Now, as for the Cleveland Indians, yes, they play in a division that also had a wildcard team with the Minnesota Twins. And I think the Twins are going to be fine. I think, again, they're going to be a mid-80 win team. And with so much parity in the American League, that could be enough to see them in another postseason. Maybe this time they'd actually win a game. They haven't won a postseason game since 2004. And they've been in the postseason, counting wildcard games, in 2006, 2008, 2009, no, 2009, 2010, and last year. In 2008, they lost a one-game playoff to the White Sox. In other words, 
the, 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 the Twins can't win a game in the postseason. But that, we're, this, we're not talking Twins. I think the Twins are good enough to potentially get back to a wild card situation. I don't think the White Sox are. I think the White Sox will improve. I think the White Sox may flirt with 500 for a while, but they're not there yet. The Detroit Tigers are in full blow-up the team mode, and the Kansas City Royals are in the middle of a transition, a transition that they could do with their head held high, saying, yep, Kansas City fans, we gave you your world championship. Now the team's going to be dismantled. So who's really going to challenge the Indians? who still have Kluber, who still have Bauer, who still have Carrasco. They just picked up Yonder Alonso. Yeah, they lost Carlos Santana, but do you know what? Alonso can back can fit in there, and they may pick up a Mike Napoli. They could move Michael Brantley to first. They still have Kipnis. They still have Francisco Lindor. They still have Edward Encarnacion. They still have Jose Ramirez, who was an MVP candidate last year. They still have an outstanding lineup. They still have a solid bullpen. Maybe not a great bullpen anymore, but a solid bullpen on a good rotation. So I think, do I think they're going to be another 100-win team like they were last year? No. But like Washington, I think they're going to win 90 games. Especially we consider, you know, one thing you consider with both the Nationals and the Indians is all those games are going to play the White Sox. All those games are going to play the Tigers. All those games are going to play a rebuilding Royals. All those games the Nationals are going to play the Mets and the Marlins. They're just going to pile up wins there. That both of these teams are going to win 90 games. Both of these teams are going to win the division. Yes, there could be upstart teams that give them a challenge, but it would be startling if the Indians don't win their third straight division title. It would be startling if the Nationals don't, without even making much improvements on the teams as they are, besides the cosmetic things they're doing here and there. They both have Cy Young contenders. They both have MVP contenders. So what's the point I'm trying to make, especially with these two teams? I think the point is this. Right now, it's the days after Christmas, the winding down of 2017, and the beginning of 2018. We're about a month and a half, two months away from spring training starting, pitchers and catchers reporting, truck day and all that. And I am standing here in California, looking at Washington, looking at Cleveland, two teams I would love to see win. I was a big Dusty Baker fan. I was sad to see him go. I'm glad that if they let him go, they brought in Dave Martinez because I think he's going to be a fabulous manager. Maybe the Nationals are saying, hey, we're going to get the good young manager for the long haul. And I'm a gigantic Tito Francona fan. And I love the Cleveland Indians. Friend of the podcast, Sean Doolittle, is closing games for the Nats. And players who I just love, like Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor, are playing for the Indians. I would be... If the Red Sox don't win the World Series, that's what I want. And if they can't win it, and we make sure the Yankees don't, I would love to see the Indians win or the Nationals win. Either one of those would make my heart warm. And that being said, what am I saying to those two teams now? You can almost line up your postseason roster now. Start thinking. If you're going to use pitchers out of the bullpen, if you're going to start stretching pitchers out and say, hey, we're going to have a reliever go two or three innings, why not try it out? Why not play your roster that way? Why not experiment? Why not go out and say, hey, we're going to win a bunch of games. 
So let's find out if this starting pitcher can throw three innings in relief. Let's find out if this player can play second base or third base to give us some flexibility in our roster. You're almost looking at the season as, okay, we'll get to the postseason. Let's work on our strengths and let's figure out what the tiny holes are in the postseason. Do you need someone who's a pinch runner specialist who can play about eight different positions? Do you need someone who can come out of the bullpen and give you three solid? You know, you handle a pitching staff differently in the postseason than you do the regular season. Maybe the Indians can be ready for that. Maybe we can start, instead of saying, oh man, during the regular season, they pitched up this way, but in the postseason, they pitched that way. Maybe they can be prepped. Maybe you could be prepared. Maybe you could say, hey, let's figure out every once in a while what it would be like if Kluber comes in in the sixth or seventh inning to give us the game that we definitely need. I know that sounds bananas, but... One of the things you keep hearing, you know, especially this past postseason, is how, oh, they handle the pitching staff differently or they're having people do roles they're not used to. Have them get used to it. Figure out what you got. Ride your 40-man roster the best you can. Fill up your AAA team with, with veterans who, if cases an injury, it's like, oh, we need to have a, someone with major league experience. Boom, we've already got one. You know, it sounds strange because the Christmas lights are still up. We haven't celebrated New Year's yet. We haven't turned the page of 2017. And yet, national fans and Indian fans can walk confidently and say, yeah, we're probably going to play in the postseason next year. And if that's the case, why not prepare for it? All throughout 2003 and 2004 and to a lesser degree 2005, the Red Sox and the Yankees were in sort of this, oh, what, it's almost like this cold war that they had between each other, and they were building their roster throughout the year with postseason in mind. And by the time they got to the postseason, no one was really being used in any methods that they weren't used to because that's, we've been seeing that whole year. Maybe that's what these two teams need to act like. Maybe... That's what we're looking at. The two teams with the longest droughts, the two cities with the longest droughts for a world championship can begin the year saying, okay, barring catastrophe, we're in. Now, what are we going to do when we get there? Does it sound cocky? Maybe. But it also is reality. And we're looking at two teams that they know they're going to get in. And that's just not good enough. Not for the next year. So, get ready. Get your rosters done appropriately. And then we'll see what happens. Meanwhile, your pal Sully is about to have dinner. So, go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, and everywhere. The music's by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Giving hope to the two cities that have had nothing resembling hope at least in World Series titles. This has been Sully Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.